Hello again. Hello it's again. Nathan. Hi, Marin. It's, it's uh, episode 17. Yeah. Right on. Right on. 17 of these. I have uh, a topic I want to cover today. It's something I actually just posted on. Um, I just did a video on this on TikTok. And I'm trying to TikTok. figure out the, the TikTok. <laughs> it's You're really braver just... than I. I have not ventured into TikTok land. Oh, my God. Once you do... Just get ready for the most punishing comments. You, it's worse than Instagram. Oh no! People Why? On TikTok, Why do this? People on TikTok will will comment on the video before even listening to the video. Like everybody has an opinion, and TikTok is where they all go to die. <laughs> oh God, that sounds horrible. But anyway, I know. yeah. Well, it is driving people to my website, which is nice. <laughs> but interesting. At the cost of my sanity, in some some regards. Um, well, I did this video on TikTok recently that was about the nature of science. And really, it was kind of, I had, I started recording it. I recorded this video while I was driving. And it was because I passed another one of those damn signs that says, uh, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. Take a guess. Uh, you should get vaccinated. Oh, well, there's that one. <laughs> Usually right next to that one is okay. a sign that says something like, we believe all pe- people are created equal, Black Lives Matter. Um Blah, 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 blah. And then there's a line in there that's like, we believe science Science is real or we believe in science, something like that. And hmm. it irks me so bad, Marin, because people are using the word science nowadays in in very nefarious ways. I agree. And let me let me let me illustrate this for you. So please do. Please do. what this person. Yeah. So they, they've got next to that. They've got get vaccinated. Right. Well. We all know that the conversation around this vaccine and the pandemic, we all know that there's a lot of strange information flying in every direction. You see what's going on in Australia now, like it's total police state. In the United States, there's, of course, bastions of hope around, you know, middle, middle America who are like, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to like, we'll get the vaccine, but like, don't tell me I have to get the vaccine. You know, it's it's this strange thing. So we know that there's all this. It's been politicized. There's all this other stuff. But people are using the word science now in order to emphasize that if you don't get the vaccine, you must not believe in science. Well, people, but science is not a belief system. <laughs> it doesn't deserve, it doesn't belong on a yard sign. And it doesn't even belong in the mouths of people, many, many people who are using it. So let me tell you what I think about science. First off, I've been a, a student of the sciences since I was about, I don't know, first grade. I was like eight when I learned about, you know, you could turn a, you could, you could de-rust a, a you know, a, a rusty nail by putting these electrodes in there or whatever. I don't even remember the experiment. I'm obviously not a very good scientist when I was for, in first grade, but the, uh, you know, you, you start like learning that like, wow, we can actually manipulate physical substances. And like, this is neat. Like this is, that's kind of like clinical research, right? Like you're playing with solvents, you're adding things, you're getting these new magical things that, that are, you know, the, the product of this chemical reaction and blah, blah, blah. And that's like something that we all kind of learn is like kind of neat. And then you go through your life and you're like, oh, wow, there's all these people that are doing work in laboratories or they're designing clinical trials or they're designing drugs. And then, you know, you're sort of inspired to go into a path into the medical sciences right and then in medical school you're reading a textbook every couple weeks like you are going through so much information you're like i have so much knowledge i'm so smart i'm a i am a demigod and you come out of it and then you start applying it and you see people getting better with some of the things that you learned when you were studying the textbooks well the way that we got all of that information was people asking questions 
And I, I want to really emphasize this point. Science is not something to believe in. Science in and of itself is the exploration of truth. And so er, each of us going into any birth scenario, I know most of the people listening are, are midwives, so I'll speak to that crowd. You're going into a birth scenario, you don't know what's going to happen. If you did know what was going to happen, then you wouldn't have to even ask any questions, right? You would just show up at the right time, have your hand out, catch the baby and walk away. You wouldn't even have to introduce yourself because it would be so, like the dominoes are lined up and they just fall in the way that they fall. Well, that would be a belief system, right? Like, oh, this is, this is what's gonna happen. The application of questions and then changing our behavior patterns based on the answers to those questions is the scientific process. So if we're not allowed to ask questions, of course we can't get answers and then we can't change our behaviors. So to say that it's a belief system is no different from saying I believe in God and therefore I can live however I want as long as I atone for my sins and I'll end up in heaven someday, right? This is the Christian theology I'm obviously talking about. I don't mean capital G-O-D the way that you and I use it um, or source or spirit or whatever else. And so the way that a... Um, the way that science should be performed is that people ask questions and then they have an earnest desire to know what the answer is. And then whatever that answer is, they might ask further questions. And this is how research has been done over the years. But I, I don't know when things happened. Usually it's after like World War II. People start hijacking the system for their own benefit. And I see this all the time amongst my own colleagues, doctors, nurses, whatever else, you know, in their believing in science, what, the way that that actually ends up being practiced out is they want to do something for the patient. They want to do something in the operating room. They want to give a medication. They want to intervene in birth or whatever. And I, and I push back and they say, well, here, this, here's this paper that says it's okay. If you're going out to find evidence to support the thing that you want to do, that is not science. That is finding some obscure piece of literature to support your internal bias. And it doesn't lead to growth. It doesn't lead to better patient care. It doesn't lead to much of anything. It really ends up just being further barricaded in to the, to your own belief system and your, the structure that you see in the world. And, um, I'm kind of fed up with it, <laughs> fed up with the misuse of, of the word science, but also the sort of way that science is now being practiced. So I yield my time. What, what say you, Mary? Oh, man. That makes my brain feel really confused in a, in a good way, I'm sure, right? Uh, what is the word for what is happening, I guess, is what I'm thinking. What What would you call this? Propaganda? Like, what what is happening? I think it's really scary to be confronted with um, with an answer that forces us to reconcile what we thought was true. You know, this is part of the reason why, like, the Catholic Church has maintained so much power and wealth over the years, right? Like, something goes wrong within the Catholic Church, and we just kind of ignore that. Like, we ignore the the issues with priests and their altar boys or whatever else, right? Like we don't want to be confronted with the fact that we've been, we've been paying into a system. In this case, I'm picking on the Catholic church because I fucking hate religion. So, um, I'm a super spiritual person, 
but the organizing the organization of religions oh, is totally. is a perfect example of how this totally. plays out. As soon as somebody confronts you with something that challenges the worldview you've held for 60 years, I get that. Like that's painful. Like it's really really painful. But we all know that the way that we're living our lives and in the way that we're being cared for in hospitals and the way that we're spoken to by our midwife or our doctor or our mom or whatever, we all know that it irks us and we don't really know what to do about it. About it, I, The way I kind of see it, it sort of kind of goes back to Charles Eisenstein's work. I talk about him all the time. He's, I just visited him and his wife in Rhode Your Island. Your BFF? He's my BFF, yeah. We got, <laughs> we got matching tattoos while I was at Rhode Island. <laughs> Butterflies. I got my left, my left butt cheek. He got his right butt cheek. Oh, my God. Um, it, it, it like kind of, th- you know, it really, it really helps for me to see this through the lens of how he is described the, the old, this sort of old story, which is a story of separation, that we're all separate, that we're all right. siloed off with our own resources and we're out there, dog eat dog world, like that whole thing. It hasn't served us at all. It's destroyed our environment in Mother Earth. It's destroyed our relationships. It has us just kind of fighting for retirement and then we die, you know? Um, and then he describes the new story. So if the old story was the story of separation, the new story is the story of interbeing. And that is where we're caring for one another it's not socialistic. It's that I'm going to do my best to care for the people around me and to hell with siloing off resources for my own benefit. I am nobody if I'm not one of, of many, you know, one of a, a greater whole. And, um, and he describes in his, I think his best book is The More, More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know as Possible. In that book, he, he describes like, we all see that this new story is emerging, that we need to be caring better for one another. We can't be using this divis- divisive language. We can't be using these, these binaries, these black and white of blue and red or whatever. Um, right. We actually need to start cooperating and co-creating together if we're going to do anything right in the next hundred years because we're destroying everything around us in the process with wars, with you know economics abuses right around the world and um, and, you know, trade agreements and tariffs and subsidies and all this other bullshit that to control resources in other places, invading and bombing innocent people to take their shit, you know, and, um, and in the book, he's like, I get it. What I just said was so confrontational. Like, I get it. I feel that pain myself because I don't want to let go of this old story. I don't want to let go of what I thought was so, was, was right. But even if after 50 years of practicing that, you're, you know, even if you desperately want to hold on to that, you're being presented with evidence that it's not working. So you can either ignore that new evidence, right? And we'll see, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate how this applies to birth work. You can either ignore that new evidence or you can consider, whoa, maybe I actually was on the wrong path. And maybe it's time for me to take the step across in this direction. In order to do that, it's going to cause me and a lot of people I know a lot of pain. But if we want to see a new world emerge within birth work, let's say, we're going to have to let go of some of those old values that we've become, we've really entrusted to, um, to kind of guide us, right, to, to the guidance that we need. And so when new evidence comes up, like new, emerge, you know, new evidence emerges, like let's talk about birth work for, a, for, for an example. There's plenty of reasons for people to have home births. Yet we've become, especially within the medical community, we've, we have become so um, committed and married to the notion that, that hospitals provide safety that even when we, we experience these really horrible things in hospitals, we still can't 
quite get around the idea that maybe it's better to do it at, birth, at, at home. Despite thousands, millions of women saying, hey, I had the best birth experience of my life at home under the care of a midwife. We were a, a, you know, a half hour from the hospital. We felt like we could still go there, but man, was it great to be at home to have a baby. And I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, um, but there's plenty of evidence out there that that's not the case. And when you say like, oh, you know, I'm, I think we're going to have a home birth, it's treated as like antithetical to science. Again, back to the belief system. Like the story, the old story of healthcare is that doctors can fix your problem. Doctors and nurses in the hospital will keep you safe. And we can even combat mortality. We don't even have to die if you just trust the healthcare system. And we know that that's not true. Right. Right. And it's because those belief systems rely on people looking outside of themselves for absolutely everything. So there's no self-responsibility. There's no self-accountability at all. And so these arguments will go on till the end of time. Right. They will go on forever and ever. And there will be evidence for this and evidence for the opposite and evidence for that and evidence for the opposite. And I think we're at a crucial point in history where, as you've illustrated, science in its present form is maybe not the most helpful place to look. So until people start looking inside of themselves for which way to go, it's just arguing. It's just argue, argument after argument. Yeah. yeah. And they're all built on that the power is outside of you, that you know more about me than I do, that the government knows what's best. And like mm-hmm. these things sound so ridiculous in a way but like if if we were all to be really honest about every way we're living and every way that we accepted those truths whether it's science or whether it's religion like it doesn't matter we we all still have them in our lives so i think that's that's the old story too to me this old story of Mm. of this external fixation of happiness in every way yeah I, i i would even take that a step further and say it's all a matter of control we love feeling like we have control over things. And the more control we impose, the better our lives will be. Well, it isn't panning out in healthcare or anywhere else. But we're but being I, I, controlled. Like right, we're, right. we're seeking control, right. but we're fine with being controlled because we're too scared to step up and say, I can take care of myself and this is how I think it should look. We're afraid right. of what people will think or what will happen. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you know, the connection, I'm realizing the connection between healthcare and religion is actually a, a beautiful, uh, mm-hmm. a beautiful analogy mm-hmm. because, you know, before the, the age of enlightenment, right, when we saw the emergence of what we would call science nowadays, people looked to the, the priest or the, you know, whoever, whatever their religious leader was telling them in order to help guide their behaviors. And in today's age, we think, you know, religion is, is fooey. And I actually do, th- I, I think that it's been degraded into something that it, it never needed to be. But even from a spiritual standpoint, I still know that there are things that are true. And I'm going through that intuition. Like that is a part of my spiritual uh, body, you know, my astral body. Like I, I get communication from my etheric body and my other subtle bodies every day as to what's right and wrong. And if science or the church or whoever else tells me that's wrong, I'm just gonna have to say, sorry, I was there, I'm me, and I experienced it, so to hell with you, you know? And that that in and of itself is actually scientific. Like, I've experienced it, I have the data right now that I know that 
that drinking this coffee or this isn't coffee, but it's I'm drinking this hot beverage and it makes me feel better. And if they told me, hey, the literature says it doesn't make you feel better, I would still say, hmm, it does. Sorry, you know. And that should not be considered, I don't, you know, a, a disbelief in science. It's just like I don't need a higher power to tell right. me what to do. So right. in some ways, like the, the the priests in their white garbs have been replaced by the priests in medical, you know, laboratory sure. coats. Pharmaceuticals. The hospital. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you're kind of an odd bird as I am too. You know, I I think we've talked about the current events so much, but yeah, I think that, you know, well, I'm not going to go into it again, but like, there's so much happening where people do have that simple choice of like, hmm, well, I like to breathe air. So no, but I mean, that's not what's happening, right? So hmm. it's still kind of radical to say, well, I'm me and I know what's best and call it science or call it whatever you want. But I'm not going to conform for the sake of conforming. Yeah, it's all wrapped up in the same dysfunctional <laughs> dysfunctionality it's as if we now need nowadays need some data set for, data set from some rich guy at harvard or some white guy at harvard probably not rich but white guy at harvard who has told us that this is the way to live like we need this information in order to attend every aspect of birth and every woman um, in birth we, we uh, we need somebody to tell us literally how to tie our shoes if we're allowed to tie our shoes. Mm -hmm. And this is not to, to push back and say, no, I, I got it. I actually want to tie my shoes like this. That is not antithetical to science. Right. Science would be you. like, hey, I found a better way to tie my shoe. And then a truly scientific process would be to adopt that as like, whoa, guys, we found a better way to tie shoes. Right. And the same could be said for like, how about we not do 50% of our you know births by C-section? Like, is there any reason that that might be, you know, not great? But hey, the powers have told us that that's how it's supposed to be. I don't really know how we shake people out of that spell, but it's been so indoctrinated three or four generations down the road now that like there has to be some more important, more powerful, more knowledgeable person out there to tell me how to best live my life. Well, I don't need, you know, the clinical data to suggest that putting a parachute on when I jump out of a plane is going to protect me. <laughs> That just right. makes sense. That just makes sense to me. Right. Right. It's it's very sensible, I think, which again is why it's confounding the world we live in. People aren't asking questions and and willing to, you know, engage in all kinds of crazy stuff. But perhaps the future is the obvious, you know, just our children. And I know my kids ask really good questions. They've never been to school. They don't know that there's a way that you ask a good question. They don't know there are stupid questions. They're just curious <laughs> about the world. So maybe they're our hope because I don't know, our generation might might be lost. Truly. I mean, perhaps, yeah. I mean, perhaps uh, one of my friends, Kyle Kingsbury, he talks a lot about this on his podcast. He's like, the kids that we, our generation is birthing, me, you, Kyle, and a host of other people, they're actually coming into a world where I actually think that they're they're in a perfect position to push back. Like, I think our generation has set the stage for a new generation of thinkers. And perhaps our generation is just going to continue fighting over gender pronouns and, you know, blue versus red and mask versus no mask. Like, perhaps our kids, I mean, and I'm sure our parents said this about us, but perhaps our kids are actually, like, going to carry these ideas forward. Not as, not married to a belief system, but really married to, to just 
being present with how we feel and using the science and the data wherever applicable in order to keep ourselves relatively out of trouble. But that's just not, that's not what I'm seeing nowadays. And I, I before the pandemic thing, I, I really had this hope that things were going to be breaking free. Like we had a lot of people that were turning more towards our t- alternative medicines and realizing that there are limitations to that the healthcare system and the medical sciences um, as a means of keeping ourselves safe and living our best life. But then the pandemic thing happened and it just threw everybody back like a hundred years. And so I go through periods of like extreme optimism to horrible despair. And um, when I see those, those yard signs, it's like, Oh my fucking God. Like that is not. (sighs) Yeah. Like there was no critical thought put into that, into that sign whatsoever. (laughs) No, I mean, that's become a religion. So to close, I'm sure you've heard this, but I was listening to Tom Knowles podcast the other day and he was talking about his guru. Um, Who is his guru? Like anybody uh, famous? Maharishi somebody, or, you know, okay. it's always a Maharishi somebody. I know that's not very respectful, but I can't remember the guy's name. Anyway, he's not alive anymore, but he, yeah, good podcast in general, but he was, um, he asked him at one point, you know, when people, when people say we're part of a cult, like what, what do we say back, you know? And, and the guy said, well, what's the difference between a religion and a cult? And the answer is numbers. Mm. So, Mm. you know, I think that's, that's what we're seeing too, is like the need to profess a faith to like whatever it is nowadays and just get on board, you know, hence the sign in your, on your grass, like, just, just tack it up there. Just join the club. Yeah. It's it's a numbers game. In some ways it really takes out, it it actually excuses you from critical thinking if you're just going to join a tribe. Well, sure. And we all need our tribes. Like you're in my tribe. Like I'm happy and and proud to have you and Jason in my tribe. But if you guys told me like, hey, we're all going to drink this, uh, the blood of this baby, like, are you in or not? I'd be like, well, you know, I like being the tribe, but I I also don't really want to do that. Uh, It doesn't sound like a good thing to do. And I would expect you guys to respect that. And if you didn't, I would have to say, well, I guess I'm not in the tribe. I guess if that's one of the, the first rule of fight club, then I guess I'm not in there. But people aren't willing to do that. They are so determined to hold on to the reins of like the blue and the red is great is a great example. And now there's this new party emerging. Like it's not a party, like a political party. It's a new group of people who used to be the progressive liberals who believed in equality and equity and this and that. And they're actually now kind of take backpedaling because both of our political parties are acting like religions where it's like you have to agree to every one of the man, you know, not mandates, but every one of our like you know the the bills the 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 rules of being in the club and if you don't then hey you're you're a bad blue person or a bad red person or a bad whatever person and um the people who are actually able to see through the language of a sign like that or the sort of misinformation within the medical establishment that like you have to have a baby in the hospital otherwise you're you're a bad mother like people who see through that end up in our camp and i want to encourage as i, I know that we've been trying to close this for a minute a couple minutes now but even for me and Marin, we are not your tribal leaders. We are just um, very sovereign in how we live our lives. We're very sovereign in how we care for people. And we also love one, one, one another very deeply. But you're not doing things because I'm doing them. I'm not doing them because you're doing them. We're kind of coming together with our ideas and kind of sharing and then still doing our own thing, you know, and perhaps changing our behaviors this, this way and that. But 
You don't have to join a camp to tell you how to live your life or to care for people. You just need to care for people because you know what's right and wrong. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And everybody has what they need inside. You know, that's the motto of birthing and and living and all of that. Like you have what you need. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to find it. Don't be afraid to listen to it. And let it roar. Yeah. People that are like minded will just appear and you'll feel supported because support is great. You know, support is great. It's not about just doing it alone and whatever. So on that note, on support, maybe that'll be next time. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Maren. It's good to see you again. You too. Bye. Bye.